It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back. It is a crossover edition of the Locked On Cowboys and Locked On 49ers podcast. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. I am Marcus Mosier. I'm joined as always by Leda McCool. And today we've got the absolutely fantastic Eric Crocker. And Brian Peacock. Guys, how you doing today? Good, man. Hey, real quick, I want to let y'all know, I was with my big brother. He's a diehard Dallas Cowboy Cowboy fan. And we were listening to your show. And, man, that beat in his his SUV, that intro, man, he (laughs) was, like, knocking, man. What is that (laughs) remix? Is that you guys? I've, I've not heard anything like that on any of the it intros. Bumps. That wasn't an option when we got ours before. Yeah, so it's because I made it. I made it <laughs> for all for all the Cowboys faithful out there. I made Dang, it. Okay. Well, my, you made my brother happy. You made him. Proud. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody likes it because I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I know Mo- Mosher mocks <laughs> me for it constantly. Uh, Eric, I know I've interacted with your brother on Twitter before. I know he's a big Cowboy fan, so it's always it's always great to hear that. So yeah. uh, we are going to unfortunately. Preview. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, we're going to preview this absolutely fantastic matchup between the 49ers and the Cowboys in round one of the wildcard playoffs. Uh, but let's first start talking about the 49ers. Eric, I want to start with you. Uh, before we start talking about this game, just how have you think the, how the season has gone so far for the 49ers? It's been a roller coaster ride. I, I think the game against the Rams, and I know a lot of people are paying attention to that. That was a microcosm of how this whole season has gone. You know, starting off two and four, then going on a three-game winning streak, you know, losing some games that you feel like you should win, but really ultimately finishing strong and being one of the hotter teams entering the playoffs. It, it's it's really been a roller coaster override. But I think if you were to ask the 49ers where they thought they would be before the season, they would probably kind of say, hey, we'd be right here where they are right now. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, for me, the, the the big question I have is has been one that's been kind of going on all season long, and it's the Trey Lance versus Jimmy G question. And, um, you know, obviously at this point we're in the playoffs and Jimmy G's is, is going to be the guy that the Cowboys are going to be facing. Uh, but, I mean, is there still – do they still mix in Trey Lance for some packages or, or, or are they – or will we see him at all or is this just going to be a full Jimmy G game and, and, and they're not going to look? Now, Trey Lance is under wraps. Uh, he's under wraps until 2022. Uh, I, if there was a time to bust out Trey Lance, it would have been last week with an injured Jimmy Garoppolo and how that yeah, game maybe. started. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to mess with it. And 
which is surprising because he was trying to mess with it earlier on in the season and he yeah. said it, 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 it kind of messed up his co- play calling mojo. So the two quarterback system is gone. The Trey Lance thing is gone unless Jimmy Garoppolo just cannot play. And uh, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is not 100%, Kyle Shanahan's rolling with him. He didn't make an appearance at all last week. So it's Jimmy G's show. This is his season. And the 49ers are going to live and die with Jimmy Garoppolo, who, uh, Kyle Shanahan has gone to bat for, and, and, and again today, recently, uh, yesterday or today, was talking again about Jimmy Garoppolo, calling him a really good quarterback. Like he, he he likes himself some Jimmy G, and Jimmy G is, for the most part, efficient in his offense, knows where to go with the ball, and gets it out quickly. And yeah, Kyle Shanahan said about him a lot. It, it feels like Kyle Shanahan considers, you know, Jimmy is the starter. I know there's a number three overall pick behind him, but Jimmy's the starter, yeah. Trey's the backup. And I don't think he views Trey Lance as a gadget guy. So I know there are a lot of people that were expecting to see like these different packages and stuff like that. He's like, no, like Trey Lance is a quarterback. He's developing him to be able to run the offense efficiently and really the same way as uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, obviously they have different strengths and weaknesses, but he wants him to be like that guy, a pure quarterback. And he doesn't feel the need to put him in for certain packages, even if it's short yardage. Now, 49er fans, we've been, you know, up and down about that. People that cover the 49ers, we've had that discussion. But Kyle Shanahan, he was our starter. This is our backup. And if the starter is healthy, he's going to play. Brian, I got a question for you. So, Landon and I absolutely love offensive line play. And we've been blessed for the last decade to get to watch Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Uh, But the 49ers, Trent Williams – I mean, for my money, I think he's been the best tackle in the NFL the last decade. Miss last week. Is he going to play this week? I, I thought he was going to play last week, so I still think he's going to play this week. We'll find out. I guess that injury was a little bit more serious than than Kyle Shanahan thought at the beginning of the week last week and, and that everybody else thought because of how Kyle Shanahan felt about it. Uh, so we'll see if he plays. Colton McKivitz, I mean, uh, he, he didn't make the team out of camp this year. Fifth-round pick from last year. Really did an admirable job. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't Trent Williams, but he, he was okay, and he was solid. Not ideal situation there. Um, definitely beatable. Lost some reps, but um, you know it's so hard to replace someone like Trent Williams who broke Pro Football Focus's grading system this year, 98.2 grade or something like that. And Sam Monson was making the argument that maybe he should be Offensive Player of the Year, although we know that no offensive lineman is going to get that much credit. But uh, it's been a, it's amazing how good – how good he is in you know watching him from afar with Washington we knew he was a good player and I knew he was a good player and one of the better tackles in the league but it's really hard and to some especially with the offensive linemen to appreciate them until you see him every game every snap and and how he wins and ragdolls guys and just yeah. chucks yeah. the screen and gets out on the move and can do everything in that wide zone that Kyle Shanahan wants his offensive linemen to be able to do and then just can you know stone the best of them as a pass protector so it's pretty amazing to watch him play and and he's so awesome so yeah crossing fingers that he's going to back in there because uh it's 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 definitely a tick up when he's in the ball game and, and uh earlier on in the season i don't know what the final numbers ended up being but there was uh, a breakdown of elijah mitchell running right running yeah. middle running left and he was gaining like nine yards per carry when he's running to the left side and then yeah. when you have lake and tomlinson next to him who's been really good for the 49ers and then you can put um george kittle at tight end on the other side of trent williams i mean that's just tough for teams to match up against and 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 those guys can block him up. So, um, yeah. I hope he plays. I hope he does because we want to see, like, Rady Gregory, who's been a star for the Cowboys this year. Like, I want to see how he plays in a big game against, I think, the best left tackle in the NFL. Like, as fo- as a football fan, that's just fun yeah. to watch, right? 
no doubt. Yeah, you want to see the best against the best, and and that's what 49ers Cowboys is all about. Uh, one of my listeners, Rebecca, hit me on Twitter today, and she said, you guys were talking about the 90s on the podcast. What about the 70s? The Cowboys knocked <laughs> mm-hmm. us out of the playoffs. So this thing goes deep for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. I mean, maybe the youngins don't know about it, but this is serious business. This is what it should be, two marquee franchises, 49ers Cowboys in the playoffs. I'm pumped. I'm an old man. I mean, old enough to remember that when the Cowboys played in the 90s, they were talking about all the history that the Cowboys and the 49ers already had up until that point. And that was before we about to play each other three times in the NFC Championship. Oh, don't wear that catch shirt. I know exactly what that is. I'm old <laughs> enough to remember when that happened. Not old enough to see it, but old enough to uh, remember my parents crying. Um, uh, I guess one of the things I really want to discuss, and I know the Cowboys fans are, are concerned about, really, when it comes to thinking about the, the matchup with the 49ers, is, is and you mentioned it, the, the run game and, and, and the how Kyle Shanahan you know, organizes it. Obviously, you guys are a wide zone kind of base team, but there's so many different cool elements to the, the constraints that they run against that with power and man and, 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 and just some of the cool things they do, like some of the, the inside toss stuff that they, that they're doing just to kind of screw up angles for linebackers. Can you talk to us a little bit about how important the run game is to the Kyle Shanahan offense and, and how, uh, you know, it's kind of the impetus for all the things that kind of are the constraints off of it. Well, everything with the 49ers works off of the run game. Even the pass game, I think a lot of people think, oh, they just want to run because they can't throw the ball. I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has some of his uh, limitations, but he definitely can throw the ball. But Kyle likes to establish the run game, and then everything he does off of the run action eventually turns into a pass play, a lot of times either big hitters, RPOs. And with the 49ers, the way their offense is constructed, they have a – a plethora of really good run after catch guys. So there's a lot of quick hitters where, okay, we're going to show you outside zone. We'll show you outside zone. We'll show you some toss. And then we're going to show outside zone again, pull up and throw a slant to Debo Samuel. And let's see if he can break a tackle and how far he can run, or let's get the ball to uh, uh, George Kittle in space on a big uh, crossing route. Or like we saw, you know, Trey Lance do, and we've seen Jimmy do this as well. Those big boot, uh, play actions, and you get a corner post by a guy downfield. We've seen uh, Kittle do it. We've seen Debo do it, and that ends up being a touchdown. So a lot of it, the identity of the 49ers starts with the run game, and, you know, it talked about Trent Williams and him, his grades. Well, his run blocking grade was, like, the best ever. It was so high, mm-hmm. and the 49ers are definitely going to need that this Sunday. Uh, we need to take a quick break, but before we do that, Eric, I just want to ask you really quickly, how worried are you about the the – 49ers secondary against the Cowboys receivers? Because I know you're a former defensive back, and that's been a little bit of the problem for the 49ers this year, but how nervous are you? You know, I've been a little higher on the secondary than most, and not in the sense that I think they're just great, but I do think they've done a solid job of limiting uh, just a ton of passing yards in games or a ton of big plays. You know, you look at on the outside, and they definitely have a rookie, Ambry Thomas. And we know, you know, he can kind of be a liability, especially at the catch point. And teams have had some plays as, in success against the 49ers secondary. But I think the 49ers have done a good job of limiting it. You know, you look on paper, they have the number six uh, team uh, against the pass. Now, again, their DVOA against the pass isn't as great. So teams have been able to be somewhat efficient. But it feels like they do more of a bend but don't break type thing. If they come out and are worried about the Cowboys receivers being able to win on the outside, they might do more of what they did 
against the Cincinnati Bengals where they played a ton of too high. They played a lot more cover two to kind of bracket the guys and kind of limit those big play shots. So in theory, on paper, yes, you are extremely worried about the Cowboys' weapons and what they have in the passing game. But the results so far of what the 49ers have done, that hasn't been the thing to, like, hurt them or kill them in games. It, it will most likely come down to the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so we're going to flip this around, and Eric and Brian are going to ask us questions about the Dallas Cowboys, the 12-5 and five Dallas Cowboys, NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about online gambling. Online.gambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the NFL playoffs, they're providing you with the best tips, news, and more to make your bets smarter than ever. If you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. That includes their OG tips section where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. OnlineGambling.com provides the best and most trusted experience every single day, inspiring every better in the world to beat the odds. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for the latest betting news, tips, and odds to give you that edge throughout the playoffs. Remember onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I just want to say that since week eight, the 49ers have the best record in the NFC at eight and three. It's <laughs> better than the seven and four record that the Dallas Cowboys have. But that's what an arbitrary cutoff there, Brian. That's <laughs> a purposeful cutoff. It's, you know, it's right after what five straight by the Cowboys, but that's kind of, that ties into my first question here with the Cowboys. Cause they were a juggernaut to start the year and, you know, a lot of offense, maybe a little less defense than, um, Later on in the season, it was sort of the defense that came back and was leading this team. And we saw, you know, a rookie just like I, I didn't I, I I had no idea what Mike Parsons was going to be. I was like, yeah, I know a super athletic off ball linebacker. OK, they can maybe do some other things, but he's a flat out edge. He's too valuable there. So now you have like this dynamic edge presence in Micah Parsons. And I think that was one of the catalysts, uh, you know, digs picking balls off left and right, but giving up touchdowns left and right. Um and then, so it was like the defense took over. Now I was like, oh, maybe the Cowboys are the one team you don't want to be playing. And I was asked that question a lot with the 49ers leading up to the playoffs. Which team do you guys want to play uh, in, in the NFC playoffs? And I said, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to pick, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to pick Tom Brady, the goat, right? But you know, the the Buccaneers kind of limping in, and I know the 49ers can beat the Rams, which they just did. So maybe I'd pick them. It's like maybe the Cowboys, especially after I think it was the Washington game, maybe where it's like, okay, the offense is playing great the defense is playing great oh no maybe this is the team that's the most well-balanced in the nfl special teams too you know uh and then maybe hiccup a little bit at the end of the season so i'm just trying to figure out where this team is are they amazing are they bad or is it just maddening because you don't know which unit's going to show up week to week you would be both I mean, we're all trying to figure it out i think uh you know i i think you you kind of nailed it on the head it's it's been kind of a week-to-week thing um, you know, I think they started out extremely hot on offense, had some injuries. They did some offensive line shuffling that had some negative effects. They had a really tough uh, stretch of, of four games in, in what was it, 12 days or something like that, or 15 days, uh, you know, which they, they, they normally do uh, kind of over the Thanksgiving holiday. But it was a really rough stretch for the Cowboys. They were able to get some players back. You know, they had they had their bouts with COVID just like everybody else. 
and and where did we end up? We we ended up with a a blowout win at Washington, a game against Arizona where they expected to win against a good team and then they didn't, uh, and then a blowout win in the Eagles. And it's like, well, with all this back and forth, what are we to expect against San Francisco? I, I think I would not at all be surprised if juggernaut Cowboys showed up uh, against the 49ers if the team that that was uh, throwing the ball out of the yard against the Buccaneers that came up two points short against uh, in Tampa Bay it was the one that showed up in Washington with a better defense. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the team that showed up. I also would not at all be surprised if the Cowboys can't run the ball at all against uh, on this 49ers defense. Uh, they struggle to throw the ball against a too high shell. And they can't stop the run to save their life against the 49ers run game. And the Cowboys lose this game in, in embarrassing fashion. Like I could see any, any of the possibilities between that and there happening. And, and I think that's, yeah, what's frustrating for Cowboys fans is that it, it seems like for a, a long time, you kind of had a, an idea of what this team was early on five game winning streak, difficult road win uh, in overtime over uh, new England and then suddenly the last part of the of the of the uh, season we got a wild variation between the two just kind of vacillating between great and terrible so uh, i wish i could give you a better answer than that but i think that the, the truth of the matter is that the cowboys fans themselves are waiting for a better answer because they don't really know you know how much was just disjointed offense how much was them you know keeping things back I think uh, Cowboys fans are excited to see exactly which team shows up on Saturday or Sunday, rather. So I, I have a question, you know, for Marcus or, you know, Landon, whoever wants to answer it. I, You know, following my Twitter timeline, you have a lot of 49er fans that are looking for any reason to kind of discredit the Dallas Cowboys sure. uh, for the success that they've had this season. And they have pointed out a few interesting stats, right? The Cowboys against non divisional playoff teams are one in three, I believe. So they won win coming against the New England Patriots, but losing against the other opponents. And then their numbers, as far as their points, Cowboys have the highest scoring offense in the league, high powered, but their number, their points per game drastically go down when they're not playing against NFC East opponents. What, why do you guys think the reason is for that? Number one, the NFC East sucks, and we put up a lot of points on that. Yeah. So it's, it's a big drop-off, right? I mean, that's it. You, they scored, what, 56 against Washington and 52 against Philadelphia. So you're going to see a little drop-off after those couple of games. Um, I mean, a lot of the teams that they played and lost to are good. Like the Chiefs, like that game that they lost 19-9, the offense just didn't play that well in that game. CeeDee Lamb got hurt, you know, right before halftime, and they just had a bad game. I, I don't think – I don't think playoff teams or their kryptonite or anything like that. It's a fairly small sample size. And we have seen them play good against a few playoff teams, right? Like Philadelphia, obviously new England, they went to Foxborough and beat them there. It's just kind of the NFL. I mean, if the, if, if, if the, uh, you know, if, if they could manage to get a tie on that, uh, that last game of the season, the chargers would have been a, a playoff team and we beat them uh, on the road. So right. it's not like we haven't beaten some good teams. I just think that, you know, Marcus is right. The sample size is what it is. Uh, and, 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 and comparing to NFC East. Well, I mean, it's, it's like playing, you know, uh, 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 the minor league team for, for, for six games of the year. So, uh, you know, the Cowboys took care of business there, obviously, and shouldn't apologize for, for beating up on, 
on division opponents, but I, I, I don't you know, disagree. There is, it kind of feeds into that narrative of, of wildly vacillating between being an extremely good team and a, an extremely mediocre team. So uh, I, I think it, it definitely puts doubt in their mind, but I also think that a lot of it has to do with, like Marcus said, sample size probably. Yeah, that's a good point. Should show out, throw, completely throw out those uh, NFC East games. The Niners should be the three seed this year. It's a good point. There. <laughs> Glad you brought that up. Um, I, I want to talk about the trenches because it's the the most important part of this game. Croc talked about earlier how maybe you know I, I think we're a little bit more confident than maybe from the outside looking in with the 49ers secondary and the 49ers defensive line is a big part of that. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys have a really good offensive line. So um, what is the plan for? the Cowboys to block up the 49ers, especially Nick Bosa. I assume some double teams there. Are you going to let the tackles just go to town one-on-one with Nick Bosa? Um, What have the Cowboys done against top pass rushers this year offensively? And uh, is there a weakness on that offensive line? Maybe, you know, the center Tyler Biotish. Is is that a place where the 49ers could maybe find some success on the interior and, and try to stop the run and try to get after Dak Prescott a little bit? Uh, I can go ahead and answer this one. The, the weakness for this offensive line is somehow they're like magnets to penalty flags. I don't know how it happens, but this offensive line has more penalty calls on them than any other offensive line in the NFL. Uh, and they've got a target on their back. So if, I, I mean, I kind of hate to say this, but like if, if Bosa and Armstead kind of flop a little bit in this game, they're probably going to get calls because it's just the way the Cowboys offensive line has been all season. But uh, in regards to Bosa, and Landon, please feel free to chime in. My guess is the Cowboys are going to just try to do a bunch of different things, right? Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a game where they double team them every single snap. It's not going to be a game where they leave them on an island with Lyle Collins. I think you're going to see some teams where it's just one-on-one or rolling away from him or Dalton Schultz lining up next to him or Ezekiel Elliott chipping him. I think they're going to have to be multiple in the way that they attack Bosa because if you if you don't, he's going to wreck the game. I think, you know, for me, my assumption is that San Francisco is going to want to rush four and then drop seven. They're going to want to play zone. So I I would assume that what the Cowboys would probably want to counter with is a lot of 12 personnel. They got they got Jarwin back. They're missing Gallup already and and using a bunch of condensed formations to sp- spread out and throw from run formations, because I think that that's the best way to keep the the defense uh guessing as to what the play call is but also to exploit the weakness that i mean that we see in the san francisco side which is the defensive backfield i mean i think the reason you say that is because the front seven is so ridiculously good i mean we've talked about you you have a very difficult front four that is uh has incredible pass rushers uh armstead obviously i mean obviously bosa but even jones has come on and really looked good from what i've seen in the games uh, Samson uh, Epkebon is. How do you say his last name? I'm sorry. Is it Epkebon? Epkebon. Yeah. He has been uh, just going back and, and watching him has been a revelation. He, I, I, well, I was aware of him coming out of college, but I didn't realize he was having such a, a good uh, career at this point. Uh, and then you know Arden Key and guys like that that are down roster folks that are going to come in. So for the Cowboys, you know they've they've faced defensive lines like this before. I mean Philadelphia has a pretty decent defensive line with some depth similar like this, where they rotate in and out guys, where they have some top guys as well. You know and what the Cowboys do is like what Marcus said: they mix and match, they they try to find different things that work, but they, it won't be one thing. It won't no. be uh, Leo Collins alone with Nick Bosa. It won't be Dalton Schultz helping. Uh, Collins each time they'll they'll mix it up they'll they'll see what they could do 
And and ultimately, they're not afraid to, you know, block him up straight up and then let Dak get the ball out early uh, to, to try to get rid of the ball in order to get the ball down the field if, if that's what they have to do. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to live and die by that because obviously that's risky because Nick Bosa is probably top five most talented people in the NFL. Yeah, and you were, you were spot on with how you think that the 49ers are kind of going to have to play defense. They're going to rush four and they're going to try to drop guys in the pre- uh, into uh, into just you know spot drop. They do a lot of spot dropping dropping guys in the coverage because they want to protect the guys on the outside. Now I know everybody yeah. says the secondary is weak. It's not really more so the whole secondary, but they definitely typically have a weakness or a liability on the outside at the cornerback position. The two safeties are pretty good. They can play good football. Their biggest mm-hmm. issue is they don't really take the ball away a whole lot. But Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, those, those guys are good football players back there. And they kind of use those guys to kind of, hey, use your smarts to pick and choose if you want to take a chance to maybe knock a ball mm-hmm. loose and whatnot. But the 49ers, they, they're going to have to really lean, especially in this game, on those front four guys getting pressure. And that's probably going to be Absolutely. the key to victory for the 49ers. Uh, all right, let's uh, take one more quick break before we get back and give our predictions for this game. I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you folks want to make some money this weekend, it's a real easy bet out there. Take the points, 49ers over the Cowboys at <laughs> BetOnline.ag. Uh, BetOnline doing their part to make your new year and your uh, happy new betting year as good as possible, continuing that march into the playoffs in the NFL. Not only football, there is basketball, pro and college, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at Bet Online available for you in this 2022 season. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering in 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website as well. So get over there, sign up today, use Promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that is promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. I would say we'll start with uh, with Brian about his prediction for the game, but I think we got a good idea after that ad read. So let's uh, <laughs> let's start with Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric, how do you see this game playing out? Man, I mean, for the 49ers' sake, you hope that they're able to run the ball. And if they can run the ball, it opens up a lot of other things that they want to do in the passing game. And if they can hopefully do what they've been doing to some teams, you know, uh, make teams a little bit more one-dimensional and maybe have to throw because they've been so good against the run game, then I think they have a chance. And if that plays out, I feel like the 49ers can win this game by three, you know, 30 30 to 27. Now, if that doesn't happen (laughs) – I mean, the Cowboys could just blow them out because they're that type of team. So uh, for the 49ers' sake, I I am kind of thinking that it's going to play out a little bit more. Now it's going to depend on Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Does he throw an interception and the Cowboys take the ball away more than anyone in the NFL? 
a lot of moving pieces to this one, but I'll take yeah. 49ers 30-27. Brian? It's tough for me to get the the visions of Zeke Elliott running wild on the 49ers from, uh, I don't even remember what year it was. What year was it? The Zeke- CJ Beathard, 2017. 2017. So that was the that was Kyle Shanahan's first year. So yeah. he, he wants some revenge. Oh, he was over 200 yards rushing or something like that. Obviously, both these teams are very different right now. Um, and you know what? Before I make my prediction, let me ask you guys this really quick. How, how has that running game looked? Because I know the numbers haven't been there for Zeke like past years. I thought he lost a huge step last year. Has he gained any of that back? Does it help just having a two-headed monster there with Pollard? Uh, how has that team run the ball because the 49ers have been really good running the ball and and one of the big parts of the 49ers defense is making the other team one-dimensional then using that pass rush to get after the quarterbacks so i want to ask you that really quick because I, I didn't ask you that before before i make my official prediction marcus who's running the ball for the cowboys because that that's my answer right like if it's ezekiel elliott and he's running between the tackles you're not gonna have to worry about the cowboys blowing you out that way if it's tony pollard a little bit more inconsistent, but he's the game breaker. And it seems like all the coaches around the league are more terrified of Tony Pollard. And if the Cowboys lean into giving him more work, kind of like they did last year against San Francisco, I think they can run the ball well. But if it's a if it's a 16-carry game for Ezekiel Elliott, I think the Ford Downers are going to be just fine. Well, uh, real quick, Zeke's mom, she was on the Twitter space uh, yeah. Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night and oh. said that Ezekiel Elliott is not 100%. And that he's a little bit better than he was earlier in the season, but oh, there's yeah. something going on with his knee. I'm like, wow, thank you for sharing that information. He that's <laughs> actually he's actually kind of almost recovered from that at this point. Like it, that's been a thing that's happened early in the season. He wore a Two knee months brace. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's and he's actually been playing better football since yeah. then. Like he's actually on an incline as opposed to a decline at this point from the knee injury. But I think, I think Marcus is still right. Like I, I think likely what you're going to see is a 50, 50 split of, of Pollard and Zeke. Uh, and, and when they do that and when they execute it, well, the run game works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keeping that in mind, Brian, what, yeah, what, so, what do you okay. come up with? That, that, that means that uh, I've got the Niners by, one in this one i think this is going to be fun i think it's going to come down to the last possession i think it's only fitting for both these teams that's way it's going to happen and that's just the way every 49ers game feels like i say kind of flip a coin is it going to be bad jimmy super efficient jimmy's going to throw some picks are the picks going to not end up mattering because he comes back and toughs it out so um we'll see about the thumb we'll see which which jimmy shows up in this one i don't think they can get behind like they did against the rams last week um, but i think this is going to be a really good game it's going to be a close one i am going to say uh, yeah i'm going to say 31 30 49ers so yeah easy money go take that money landon i mean somebody's got to pick the front runner uh so <laughs> i'm I, i'm going to pick dallas uh i i think that you know i i listen Styles make fights, and this is going to be an incredible one. I, and honestly, this is definitely one of the teams that I mean, you were talking earlier who you would not want to play. Uh, 49ers are, are a hot team. They play a style of football that's difficult to beat in the playoffs. Uh, they have one of the best coaches in fo- all of football, one of the smartest minds in all of football. Uh, I just think that the at the end of the day for me, the, the the deficit between the quarterbacks is is large enough that I I'm going to trust Dak to win the game at the end of the game over Jimmy, um, and I and I just think that if the Cowboys now look if the Cowboys can't stop the run, they're going to have a long long night, and 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 I think that that's it's going to be about how well someone like Parsons is playing, 
how, how well he's able to kind of be a, a run game eraser. A, a uh, and if, if, if he's able to do that or at least slow down San Francisco on first and second downs, get him into long uh, third down situations, make, put the ball in Jimmy's hands versus uh, Kyle's very unique run game mind and, and, and all of the, the different variations and, and problems that he can create because of that in the, both the run and the past game. I think the Cowboys can control this game. Uh, and I think that they can put their foot down on the gas. It just keeps going. I think that's where the Rams screwed up. They got comfortable. They played right into San Francisco's hands and they were able to get back control of this game. And, 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 and I'm oh, sorry, they were, they lost control of the game to San Francisco. I think if the Cowboys need to win, they got to score early. They got to make San Francisco one dimensional as quickly as possible and then just keep scoring and don't stop until the game is over. So, uh, I still think it's going to be a very close game. I, I mean, I, I think three points, the line is, is probably close, is right. Uh, I will say 34-31 Cowboys. Uh, and two things from me before we head out. Um, number one, the Cowboys are like, oh, and whatever, when I pick them to win. So I'm picking the 49ers for that reason alone. <laughs> and two, I think this is a close game, like you guys mentioned. And in close games, what ends up mattering is turnovers and kicking. And I don't love the way Greg Zerline has been kicking lately for the Cowboys. And Robbie Gold, I believe, was just the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week last week, correct? Kicker uh, and punter. Yeah. Kicker and punter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. And the 49ers trust him in clutch situations. I'm not so sure about Greg Zerline in Dallas. So I'm going to pick a lower scoring game. I'm going to say like 24-22. I think scoring is going to be hard in this game. I think both teams – are going to come out flying on defense. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, yeah. we want to, Actually, I just, I just want to say after I made my pick, I, I thought about that for a second. I thought, you know what? I think for a, for a 49ers win, lower scoring is better. If it does yeah, get into the that might be the game script that helps the Cowboys out a little bit. So uh, I think it might be closer to what you're talking about there, Marcus. I, I think uh, you might nailed that one. I think the Cowboys would love to make this game a shootout, right? I yep. think they would love to have it Dak versus Jimmy Garoppolo. And if the 49ers can kind of prevent that, I think they they will win. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to this crossover edition of the Locked on Cowboys and Locked on 49ers podcast. You can follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore uh, Crocker. You can follow Brian at BD Peacock. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy the game this weekend, fellas. And we'll talk soon. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.